0: Patriot's Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.
1: Welcome back into another live edition of the Patriot's Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Farts from 98.5 The Sports Hub and the preseason is officially over and the patriots have begun the process here of cutting down their roster from 89 90 players down to that 53 man limit that they have to get to by tuesday at 4 p.m eastern time and you know we'll we'll kick it off here on the players they've cut or or released so far carl davis and quandre mosley started the night uh, started the cuts last night and then today they have waived Carson Wells, Johnny Lumpkin, Diego Fago, Brad Hawkins, Justice Tavai, CJ Maribel, Rodney Randall, Mika Vanderpool, and Scotty Washington. So, starting to get down that process. I believe they're 78, that high 70, low 80 range. 78,
0: 78 players on the roster right now, 25 cuts to go.
1: All right, so still some work to go. Again, they have till Tuesday at 4 p.m., but the biggest news probably of the day was a trade they actually made, and they shipped out running back Pierre Strong. Fourth-round pick last year for some offensive tackle depth, which we all know they kind of needed uh, where they were at. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. from the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, starting with strong, maybe a little bit of a surprise that they ship him out here. Fourth-round pick from last year, but they, they needed that that depth along the offensive
0: line. They did. Are there other ways they could have gotten it? Corey Cunningham got released today, former Patriot. I, there's certainly some things to like about Tyrone Wheatley Jr., and we can get into that, but... Did you have to give up a guy you took with a fourth round pick a year ago? You know, I'm, I'm usually the positive guy here. I I, I don't love this trade. I think that Pierre strong showed some promise last year and it was super brief, but I think he did show some promise. Didn't do a ton to separate himself in camp this year, which is fair, but he was also banged up. I just, I think it's too early to quit on a guy that showed you even what he showed you last year that you invested that high of a pick in. And so why did they do it? Well, you look at Pierre strong, he's a zone read running back. That's where he was at his best. Remember when they picked him last year, we were like, all right, he's going to fit in, in this new offense. Well, they're not running that offense anymore. They're, they're back to a gap traditional Patriots offense. And I don't know. They they never really gave Pierre strong a ton Mm. of chances to show what he could do in that sort of system. But, he was drafted for Matt Patricia's offense, and Matt Patricia and that offense are no longer here. And I think you can extrapolate that a little bit. You could you could say the same thing about Tyquan Thornton. You could say the same thing about Cole Strange. Those picks were made to adjust the offensive system, which is now no longer in place. Which, which that adjustment's gone back. I'm not saying they're going to trade Cole Strange or Tyquan mm-hmm. Thornton, but I think in a lot of ways, the offensive picks from that class, outside of maybe Kevin Harris. uh, are in a lot of trouble here. They're now out of scheme. And this is, you know, I talked last year and people, people think I know I'm I'm too hard on, on Matt Patricia because I'm trying to cover for Mac or something. Uh, that's not the case. I, I said this last year. I think Matt Patricia in some senses set them back more than the season he was here. I think his, the, the impacts of what he did are going to be felt for multiple seasons. This is an example of that. They didn't need to draft Pierre strong last year. Uh, they did so because they, they believed in Matt Patricia's offense that didn't work. And now they have to move him for a guy that's never played in an NFL game. They did need a tackle. I do like that. They addressed it. There are some interesting things about what Tyrone Wheatley jr. Does. I'm not saying he's not rosterable, but you should have been able to fill. uh, They should have been able to fill this need without trading Pierre strong. I just think it was that they were at a point where they knew they weren't going to keep him because the circumstances, regardless of his talent level, the circumstances didn't support them keeping him. So that to me is, it's kind of a bummer. I, I, I guess the trade itself, whatever, but I I hate the circumstances that led to this trade happening.
1: Yeah, I don't love losing strong. I mean, how many times did we sit here over the summer and just say like that game-breaking speed, even though it's, you know, they they changed that scheme a little so it might not have been the perfect fit. And he wasn't great during his opportunities in the summer. And obviously they went out and got Zeke. But you just think behind Ramondre and Zeke, that little kind of change of pace with that skill set would have been valuable in the role and he flashed that at times even though he had you know 15 16 touches last year and just under 60 snaps you saw that in vegas in arizona when it was on the field so i would have liked them to see like give it another year or maybe five six weeks till the trade deadline even and then you know call it then but yeah, I didn't love moving on from him, but I, I don't think they had plans for him, what right. it sounded like. And so where do you kind of, th- we'll get into Wheatley in a second, but are J.J. Taylor and Ty Montgomery rostered? I don't know about locks here, but you'd expect both of those guys to be around this Well, year
0: there now. was no way both of them were going to make the roster. It just didn't, it didn't make sense for a number of reasons that they were both going to be on the initial 53. I think now that's a possibility. It becomes, what do they want to do with Kevin Harris? Do they want to roster him? I still think he's very redundant. To the top of their depth chart, and he's a guy you can probably get on the practice squad, and if you need him later, you, you need you can use him later. But they generally keep four backs, and if I'm constructing that room right now off who they have left, that's the group. It's Stevenson and Elliott and Montgomery and Taylor. So I think it's a great sign for JJ Taylor in particular. I, I think he's in near lock at this point. If they chose Montgomery over Strong, I sort of get it. But again, I don't love to the point where that choice makes... I don't love the fact that they got to the point where that choice makes sense. Yeah. It's it's like... It's what i say. They're making the right choice in the moment. But the reason this moment <laughs> is presenting itself is because they didn't make the right choices previously. It's the best of a bad situation. Yeah.
1: You thought they could have like kept Strong and get Montgomery to the practice squad, right? Because he hasn't practiced at all pretty much this summer. But... That, that was the decision they decided to, to go with. So, yeah, that the Matt Patricia draft class there, it, interesting how, how that played out. But we can talk about Wheatley here because they needed the offensive tackle, offensive line depth, as we've all seen throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. Uh, he, 2021 UDFA out of Stony Brook, and he started at Michigan. I read yeah. that correct, right? yeah. Yep, yeah, so and, and a converted tight end. So he's never played a regular season game in the NFL. He's been on mostly practice squads throughout his two year career here, but six six, three twenty seems like a really good athlete as a converted tight end. So one of these developmental options, but we'll we'll just kind
0: of see how it goes here. They needed a body there at some point. Very similar skill set to Calvin Anderson. Six six, three twenty. Yeah. So big, very athletic. Super raw, technically, and that's what Anderson was coming in. And we kind of talked about all right, well, they invested all this money in Adrian Clem, they're going to coach him up. He's going to be a guy. I, this isn't a, a uh, Anderson's more advanced than Wheatley is, but it's that same kind of idea. You have a guy that has all the uncoachables, and you're going to see how much you can teach him. So we'll see, we'll see what he becomes. I, I think he's sort of a flyer right now. I mm-hmm. doubt he's a guy that, like, he's not going to start week one. I would be very surprised if he starts week one, but. He's a guy, I think they feel that you know they get a month, month and a half into the season, suddenly they need a tackle, they feel like they can have him ready for that point. So we'll we'll see what happens with that again. You know, I, I threw out that name a bunch last week. Yesir Durant they didn't have a ton of tackle depth in 2021, traded for Yesir Durant, whatever it was, the day of roster cuts, the day before roster cuts. And he sort of just hung around all year and he played sporadically, but it was a buffer that they wouldn't have otherwise had at the position that they then had. And I think that's sort of what Tyron Wheatley's here for. He's basically that random fourth tackle spot, third, fourth, depending on if you, you still consider Riley Reef a tackle or City Sow tackle. That like extra tackle spot, it was probably between Connor McDermott, who's been hurt, Andrew Stuber, who struggled. This is basically, I think, what that spot is.
1: So you think he'll stick around? It's not one of those. Who was the Bills guy we talked about? Like Bode, Russell, Russell Boding, who they traded for, then just cut like a I few don't days know later. But-
0: he should make, it's going to be a massive disappointment if he doesn't make the team, considering you just, you gave up a guy used a fourth round pick a You're year for right one. But yeah. I also look at it and I'm like, I he's a fringe roster player. That's who he is. So we'll see.
1: It's, it's still tough there with the three draft picks, right? Like, how is that whole thing going to shake out? Because you think they have to keep those three, and obviously they're starting five, and then those depth pieces, it gets kind of shaky, but... Yeah, the I looked it up uh, earlier. The Browns' O-line coach, just back to his play, Bill Callahan, basically described it him as exactly as you did. He's like he's really athletic. He's shown the ability to pass protect, but it's a matter of putting it all together. His run technique, his pass technique, so you know that raw type of type of player. So developmental, but we'll, we'll see how it goes there because keep saying that they they need that depth and.
0: Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss, FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL in Massachusetts 21 plus in present in MA. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 gam one, two, three, four. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9, 18, 23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscriptions renew. Cancel anytime.
1: We were out of practice today and Riley Reef wasn't there. We saw him get hurt uh, Friday night in, in the preseason finale. Michael Nguyen, who was there, but still limited. Good to see Cole Strange back, but. I don't know where, where you're at with this week one offensive line because we don't know who's going to be out there and ready.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly You just nailed it. There, there's a lot of unknowns there. We don't know. So we'll get out. We'll see what it looks like next week. Four days off here coming up for the team. Or no, we'll have practice next couple of days, and then it's four days off. So I think starting next week, we'll see if Cole Strange is back out there, if, if, if Riley Reeves out there. But it's it's still very up in the air right now.
1: Yep. All right, we'll get into the rest of practice a little bit later. Again, it's technically regular season now, so we only got to see the attendance, not the whole practice, just the first, you know, five ten minutes. But back to the cuts, seemed pretty, you know, players we expected. Anyone kind of stand out for you? I'd say Carl Davis was probably the biggest name, but he was a guy you might have figured was already on that on that bubble, maybe a guy they could have got to the practice squad, even though his Instagram goodbye kind of seemed like he was just maybe not coming back here, but I don't know any, anyone else that, that caught your eye or unexpected.
0: Um, no, Carl Davis is a big one. Although I had him all. I don't think they've cut. I got to pull up that list again. I don't think they've cut anybody I had on my roster projection. So I'm still, I mean, there's, there's Pierre strong who they traded. Um, yeah, I didn't have any of these guys on, so I would say no.
1: Yep, the only, the one person who wasn't outright waived was Diego Fago, who was uh, that injury, the injury wave waiver or whatever, because he got banged up in that preseason finale. And you know, a Navy guy, right? You figured Bill likes him, so I'm get if he clears, he can return on on IR and they could keep him in the building right. throughout the year. So seems like that might be where that's headed with with Fago. Yeah. But um, so we can get into the rest of the practice attendance because there there was a lot going on besides the guys you expected to get cut, not missing. Red jersey update, DeMario Douglas was in the red jersey. He was limited last week, but now he's in the red jersey. Shoulder injury per Mike Reese uh, on that play against Green Bay that he got tackled. So where, where are you kind of at with Douglas? and? and also in the red jersey, Mike Kasicki shed his, so that, that's a good sign for, for week one. Yeah, good
0: good news on Kosicki right there. Seems like he's on track to return week one. As is Hunter Henry. He was back out there, told us after yep. practice. He was feeling good. He got hurt last week. On Douglas, man, I hope he's ready. And it, we sort of talk, touched on this last week a little bit, Brian, but he's got to kind of come out of the gates flying because they really held him back at times this summer. And it's encouraging in the sense that, hey, they have this rookie running back that they trust this much. But there's also this element of, well, could he use the exposure to an NFL game? So I'm hoping the injury doesn't slow him down and he can hit the ground rolling You know, week one, especially if Tyquan's going to be on IR, which Mike Reese said this morning was a possibility. He's going to play. Douglas is going to play. So you hope he's ready for week one uh, because I I think he'll have an opportunity to really play.
1: Yeah. And the secondary, there was some things in the secondary today. John Jones was back which was a good sign because he's missed upward of like 20 days, almost three weeks of practice. So he, he was back out there, but no Christian Gonzalez, who we saw got banged up in the last practice, hit his ankle, hit that low leg area foot. But then he made the trip to Tennessee. There was that video pregame of him warming up. He, he looked pretty good, but he wasn't out there today. So you worried about Gonzalez or you think that's just, Kind of, you know, take it easy. We don't, we don't need you right now. We have two weeks till the regular season here. I,
0: I don't know what to read on that because, yeah, I thought he looked, I, I thought he looked okay. Uh, I know we made the trip to New York, uh, not to New York. she's so, I'm still used to that being the last preseason game. <laughs> I know, he, he, I know, it was, it was weird, right? I know he made the trip to Tennessee and everything, so I'm not super worried. Uh, I, they, they're being careful with a lot of guys. I saw Jonathan Jones out there today it was kind of limited as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and apparently, the Jones. Real quick, apparently, fans are really mad that they haven't, that there's no clarity on what the injury is. That's, for john yeah, Jones, yeah, we don't know, right? I, I thought I saw somebody maybe speculate it was a shoulder, but I, there was nothing concrete about it. I don't even remember where I saw that.
1: I thought Karen was it. Okay, Karen, yeah. okay.
0: Well, I, I trust it's, Karen. I think
1: she said shoulder. But yeah, I, it's. I'll, I'll I would just say up. you guys yeah. are worried
0: way too much about that. It, it. It's <laughs> not a big, like he told us today, his goal is to be ready for week one. He seems in good spirits. It's not like he's in a walking boot. It's not like he's in a sling. It's not like he's in concussion protocol. If it's a minor thing, I don't think there's a ton of way to, uh, to know. We'll get the injury report next week. The, the, I understand like the Calvin Anderson one is more of a mystery. And that one I get like, all right, well, what are we dealing with here? Just because of what it's been on the offensive line this year. And he's on the NFI list and all that. I would just say this is no inside information. This is just reading the situation, having covered these things before. I'm not super worried about Jonathan Jones, and I don't think the uh, unknown nature of his injury is any sort of negative tell. I just think it's not a big deal, and for whatever reason, it's not out there. It might not be out there because it's it's such a non-reason that nobody's even digging for it. I, I wouldn't worry yeah. about it a ton.
1: So sh- Karen never said shoulder she just her last tweet about john jones was it's been out since august 4th with an undisclosed injury should be back before the patriots season opener a source According to a source, the team is being careful with him, but he seems to be okay and should be good to go in a couple weeks. That was no, obviously I know. I don't remember. Maybe
0: honestly, maybe it was another player. Maybe I'm thinking of the 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 Taekwondo. Sho- I know,
1: I thought it was the shoulder. But I, I, I don't know vaguely
0: remember seeing that, but the, Alex Barth says Jonathan Jones' shoulder injury. No, <laughs> um, but it, it, I I I I don't think it's going to matter, and he seems like he's he's in good shape for Week One.
1: Yeah, and, and he's the guy that you just you know, he's gonna show up week one and probably be good to go. He doesn't need all this this practice time. So not not too much to be worried about there from John Jones. Right. But um anything I think those were the big practice notes. Was there anything else I was missing that that, that caught your eye?
0: Uh Jeremiah Farm's still here. That's a guy yeah. who had a sneaky and there's other guys who are still here who were bubble guys, but like sam roberts yeah was gonna hang like you knew he was gonna kind of hang around late you knew a guy like uh well ronnie perkins wasn't in practice today but he's a guy i think would, would hang that around um, jeremiah farms was kind of a quick cut candidate and he's still here so i think maybe that's strong close to camp i don't know that he gets on the roster although without carl davis now that's their he's essentially their backup nose tackle um but he's still here so i i think he's at least on the practice squad yep
1: that's a good point with with the nose tackle. Do you think right? they, Cause they have more fun.
0: which we knew was going to happen.
1: Yeah, he, he's the last because Roberts is more of that like Dietrich Wise mold, right? He's not. A lot of people are saying it's Roberts or Carl Davis, but
0: Roberts is not like uh, a spacey. He's not that big.
1: Yeah, six, he's, he's more of like he's a. He's
0: six five three hundred. he's not like a space eating nose tackle.
1: Yeah, he plays more like D N like that Dietrich Wise. So. Farms is really the last nose tackle, unless they're planning on Marlon McCall maybe getting healthy maybe. And,
0: and bringing him back in at some point. Yeah, they, I mean they're going to need a backup for Godshaw, so I maybe Farms sneaks on the roster here. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I had him off. I actually had him in. Carl Davis off, but I had Carl Davis to the practice squad, and being yeah. like one of the guys they might sign after they ir somebody. But maybe, maybe Jeremiah Farms hangs around. Hmm. He was practice squad all year last year. Yeah, he was on the practice squad all year. He's also, he, he played some offensive line for them last year when, when injuries yeah. built up in practice. So we know like they like him, they trust him. Uh, he had a, I, I thought a pretty solid end to the summer. Didn't do much early in camp, but I thought, you know, in that green Bay game, he was good. I thought he was good against Tennessee. So maybe, maybe late push. I had Sam Roberts as kind of like my late push claim a roster spot guy. When I did my last roster yeah. projection, 985 the sports I had Roberts over Perkins for the last spot, you know, one good week versus one good game, essentially. But maybe, maybe Jeremiah Farms hanging in. What a story that would be! Friends yeah. University in Kansas to the uh, what league was he in? The uh, CIFL. US. CIFL wasn't he? The US wait, F-L-L. wait, hang on. I have it here. So he went from the. Uh, he went from the. What even is this? So this college is in. <laughs> if you don't even know about it, that's. The, uh, the California Community College Athletic Association. So it's. N- so we went JUCO. To. I think another JUCO. Yeah. So he went JUCO to another JUCO. To friends, I believe is NAIA. Um, it is. So you went Juco, Juco, N-A-I-A to the Champions Indoor Football League to the USFL and then to the New England Patriots. That would be a pretty cool story. People probably didn't want to hear me read all that. But (laughs) you can't can't help but enjoy something like that.
1: That's quite the the path there to follow. But yeah, I mean, they need another body there, it looks like. I think a lot of us thought Carl Davis would... You know, stay on the practice squad and be an early elevation against, especially against a team like Philly. But he he seems kind of out. So maybe that is a a guy like Farms, you know, younger guys keep those guys around. So that'll that'll be interesting to monitor there on on the bubble. But all right. So now that Scotty Washington's gone, is Kayshawn Booty going to do it? Is he going to take 17 here, do you think?
0: Oh, good question. I hope not. I like, <laughs> I like him in 80. i like him in 80. i hope he keeps that
1: because he was
0: he got the seven in lsu but that's well, different that's he so was? he didn't choose yeah. seven he chose one it's like he, yeah i gotta hang on let me see K Sean high school what did he wear in high school i was just googling he wore he wore one <laughs> i think he was
1: one one
0: yeah hmm he wore Fifteen in an All American game. Yeah, they don't. They don't pick those numbers. Yeah, I don't think he takes seventeen. I does he maybe take eighty one if Pop Douglas switches? If Mac Wilson gets cut. Pop Douglas goes to three. Kayshawn Booty goes to eighty one.
1: Maybe
0: keep 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 him the hell away from seventeen. He, him and yes. Douglas away. Keep the two of them the hell away from <laughs> seventeen. Give whatever practice squad quarterback they sign to replace McSorley, seventeen.
1: Yep, But uh, you're still in six receivers? I'm guessing Still in, there. yeah. You, you like no reason.
0: I've, I've seen no reason to, to change anything. I think Booty not playing a ton Friday night was a good sign for him. Mm-hmm. I also think it's, it's going to be like six receivers at the initial roster, but I think Tyquan Thornton's going on IR. So yep. you do need five. They do need five, and that, that's essentially how you get there.
1: Yep, and it was interesting to hear Bill kind of hype up Booty right after the game. He said – multiple times like the way he's progressed this summer is very encouraging he's had a strong camp and he noted that he showed that explosive ability which is what he was so good at that freshman year at lsu and then you know the injuries and whatever it wasn't there his second year wasn't there at the combine part of why he fell all the way to the sixth round so the fact that Bill's hyping him up pointing out that you know he looks explosive as we saw in that green bay touchdown like i think and then the, the playing time, Friday night, I think that was just – I think he's on this on this roster. I'll, I'll be very surprised if he's not.
0: I, I would be shocked if he's not. I, I think he's got to be.
1: Yep. And then – hold on. Someone had a thing we got to talk about. Whoa. The kickers, because it's not – it's still here. We, we still got both of them, and, and kickers around the league are dropping like flies The Titans, Michael Badgley, who we saw miss a kick and then hit two uprights, he got cut today. The 49ers fans are begging Robbie Gould to come out of retirement, I think, because both of their kickers are hurt. Sean Payton said Denver's in the market for kickers. Dallas is still shaky. Detroit, every team needs a kicker. The Patriots are just sitting here with two. So are we still keeping two or, like, are we going to get a good enough trade offer here that we have to let? I don't him think go? they cut
0: folk. Uh, so the question is, do it, it, do they do folk the courtesy of saying where do you want to go? Do they go to folk and say yep. you know it, within reason? You, you call around, you, you you get the offers, and you say, do you want to go to Dallas? Do you want to go you know San Francisco? Do you want to go here there? And uh, mm-hmm. do they let him pick? If he's good going anywhere, man, you can run this thing up. You can get a bidding war can they get a fifth round pick outright for Nick Folk? It wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me. I'm going to be upset if they keep two kickers. And I know I've been the two kicker guy. I think you guys all understood. I was telling you, they were thinking about doing it. I wouldn't do it at this point. I I think folk has way too much trade value, way too much trade value to not trade him. You got to deal. him. So
1: the kicker trades it was riley patterson was the yeah. last one in, in may did they ever announce what that it, they said it was like an undisclosed pick at the time I don't, I don't know if they ever released the details but there probably wasn't much need for a, a kicker like back in may like there is now so you'd yeah. imagine a guy like folk too who, who's been pretty consistent the last few years would, would Maybe get you think a six, so and then if there's really some competition, maybe a fifth. The you know?
0: last couple of years, once uh spot track updates here, they have the full list of kicker trades. We can go through this, but okay. I'll tell you this if Trey Lance is worth a fourth, I to a contending team. I don't think Nick Folk's worth that much less than Trey Lance at this point. Uh Riley yeah. Patterson was dealt for a seventh in May. Let's find some comparable ones. Uh Zane Gonzalez in March for a seventh. Uh all right, Cairo Santo was dealt for seventh in August of 2021. Car, all right, uh, Car- no, this is yeah, August 11th. Caray Verdict was dealt for a fifth round pick in 2019. Eguero okay. was dealt for seventh that year. Um, I kind of like that card, okay. mostly seventh, but there's a couple fifths and sixth. I would, so mostly this is teams with, with a backup kicker like Nick Wilkes is a starting caliber kicker. I, I, yeah. I think you're getting better than a seventh for Nick Wolf. A sixth for sure. Maybe a fifth. Maybe it's like they pick a swap, Nick Wolf, and a seventh for a fifth. But like, it beats cutting him. You get a pick, it beats cutting him. I absolutely think they, they should, the tenants could trade him.
1: Yep. Yeah. And someone said, you know, they don't trust Ryland too inconsistent. I tallied up the kicks from training camp practices in Foxborough, and I had Ryland, uh, this included the in-stadium night. I had Ryland 44 of 52, which is 85%, and Fulk 32 of 39, which is 82%. So I get Fulk's been like Mr. Consistent here, but other than like that one last day from Ryland and Folk had a bad day after, like he's been consistent enough where I think you should feel comfortable. Again, he was consistent 49 and in in his last year at Maryland too. So yeah, I think if you can get a pick for folk it's like it should
0: be a no-brainer at that point yeah i'd agree with that
1: yep and someone else Whoop! hang on oh, I I lose Yeah,
0: i don't know what just i heard uh somebody said my my mic was uh going so i tried to adjust it
1: your mic's good we just lost your video
0: oh cool <laughs>
1: all right but um someone else brought up that at least was a hit he is he was awesome again in that preseason finale a few huge monster punts one was like 69 yards even it was a touchback but still traveled very far flipped the field so he's been awesome but still expect probably Waitman here still in some capacity on the practice squad just to you know keep a veteran there keep that left foot in the building we know they like that a lot so but i I expect uh bryce to have
0: the starting job yeah it makes sense that's my bad camera i'm trying to get my my good camera going but yeah (laughs) i i um i could totally see them keeping uh two kickers absolutely uh or or two punters uh, keeping waitman on the practice squad sorry i'm trying to do like three things here at once um (laughs) i get their punter keeping you know you get that guy with the left foot the returners you prepare for that and just in case with, you, have, uh,
1: you have no cut out there at the end.
0: All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: he'll figure it out. Yeah, but, keep, um, keep going. I was just going through some comments now. Oh, Malik, Malik will be an interesting one, Malik Cunningham, because. You know, we, we got that one possession or drive against Houston and I, I just not I'm not seeing it from a wide receiver standpoint. I just don't think that's gonna work. I think they should be I think they should keep him around and try to develop him as a quarterback as much as possible, even if it's just the scout team role, but I don't know. Do you, do you think he has to take up a roster spot here, or can they get him to the practice squad? Where, where you kind of... I think that? they can
0: get him to the practice squad at this point, and that's what they're probably going to do. They they clearly didn't need to see any more from him at quarterback. I think their their view is him as a long term receiver, and he's not ready for that at this point. He's still got a way to go. So I think he ends up on the practice squad.
1: Yeah, you think they can cut him and no one else will? I'm just like maybe a team like Arizona squeaks in there like just with, you know they know they're not going to win this year and they, they just take a chance but you think again like every team passed on this guy as a quarterback in the draft right and then he hasn't seen anything as a receiver that you think teams are going to go run out there and sign him as a receiver so i don't know I, I think they could get him to the practice squad but i could also see them trying to keep him on the 53 if they don't want to take that chance i think he's it's worth it really at this point though yeah probably but um, one last thing. Oh, where was it? Someone. Right here. One surprise cut. If you think one's gonna happen, who are you? One got?
0: surprise cut. Um, I feel like this year's pretty chalk, especially with with Maybe. with Carl Davis gone. I, had, I do kind of wonder about Chris Board. We haven't really heard anything about him. We all just sort of assumed he's on the roster. He's been playing, but he's been very quiet this summer. I guess him, but I, I still think he's going to make the team.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if, I guess, surprise it's cut. Not
0: a, it's not a surprise. It's just not a sur- <laughs> Like, I would and I wouldn't. It's not a surprise cut kind of year. Yeah, if we can count Joshua Bledsoe, Joshua Bledsoe, yeah. I guess.
1: I don't know. Is Mac Wilson a surprise at this point? I
0: don't think so. I'd him off my my okay. roster projection.
1: So, like, he's on that bubble. He's had, you know, some not great moments in run defense last year. Where
0: is uh, where is Boston Beta to put Zappi's Friday night in context? <laughs> I want to hear about all, all that he did and how good he made the offensive line and all of that and how Mac is uh, hiding on the bench.
1: Coincidence is not. I know, that's
0: crazy. He, he he, must have something really important today to not show up after what was Bailey Zappi's most notable game of the year.
1: Where are, you, where are you kind of at with Zappy? Are, are you you worried? Like, I know talking in a backup role because yeah. neither of us thought he was going to push Mac here, but I mean, it, it wasn't. I, I get he was working with backups, a of porous offensive line, but uh, are you a little worried about his his development there?
0: Um, A little bit. You know, he was doing a lot of things this year. I think he was just playing. He kept trying to play beyond himself. We talked about this a little bit where he was doing some things he, the he wasn't letting the game come to him yep. and some of the arm angle throws, some of the things he was doing, extend plays, like he's out here trying to be Patrick Mahomes and that's not who he is. And when he sat back and played his game, I still thought he was good. So I don't know, you know, when you get to the regular season and the games matter, because Bill says this all the time, players say this all the time, preseason training camp, it's for experimenting. And sort of growing parts of your game, you maybe don't work on as much that aren't as refined. And if that's what Bailey Zappi was doing, fine, it didn't work. Experimented, yeah. the experiment was failure. So, if if he kind of knows to cut all that out and just go back and be himself, and his confidence didn't take a hit, yeah, he'll still be a fine backup. If he's going to keep doing that stuff in regular season games, I would be worried.
1: Yeah,
0: I still think he's
1: like he could come in. And, like, if you have to rely on him for one or two games you know in, in a season i think you could be fine with him in that backup role develop a game plan like they did last year you know play action heavy run the ball and he'll be fine but if you need you know something happens to mac and you need him six seven eight games and i think you're you know like like any team though in a backup quarterback it's probably not going to going to look great
0: here but so let me ask you this brian a little spoiler alert here. I'm working. I every year before the season, I do a, a Patriots bold predictions. I do like three or four predictions. I've hit on a couple. I had Cam Newton catching a touchdown in 2020. I had Marcus Jones playing in all three phases last year. I, I guess that one wasn't that bold. I've had Boulder. I think I had Kyle Dugger rookie of the year one time. Um. Oh, I had uh, Juwan Bentley would be the only Patriots linebacker to have over 50 percent usage rate in 2020. Anyway, does. Mac Jones will play all 17 games qualifies a bold prediction. I'd say so more because of the offensive line than like facing pressure from Zappy, but like, I'm tempted to put it on there, but I starting quarterback will start. I don't know. How bold is that? It's
1: but I mean, isn't like around the league, a starting quarterback, like statistically only plays like 14, 15 games or something without an injury. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't say 17 games is, is that bold.
0: Anyway, I, I I that's spoiler alert for my bold predictions this year. But.
1: <laughs> go check that out. When's that released? You know, uh,
0: that won't be till next week.
1: All right, keep a look at that. Gotta
0: get that's, gotta get the roster first.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, so that'll keep uh, you know coming out again. They have till Tuesday 4 p.m. to get down to that 53 players. Uh, any other last things before before we go that you saw practice today? Roster cuts. Preseason game predicting over the next
0: few days. Um, no, you just kind of sit back and wait at this point. I think it's no. a, as Mac Jones would say, "The haze in the barn." Their roster <laughs> projections are done. Their project, their predictions are made. We're done watching open practice. Uh, it is going to be what it is going to be at this point. So we wait and see. Maybe there's a maybe there's another trade, something like that. Maybe because um, I I still think I look at. Let's do this. Where could they add externally? Mm-hmm. I still think they could add another tackle. I yeah. want to roll that out. Um, I think they could add a tight end. That one's less likely. I'm going in order position, not, not like most likely. I also, I wouldn't rule out them adding a nose tackle somehow. We know they wanted to add one in Marquand McCauley. He didn't pass his physical. We sort of talked about this earlier. Not a ton of depth in terms of true nose tackles, like those 320-pound-plus space-eating run stoppers. It's Godshaw. Sort of Jeremiah Farms. He's even a little on the smaller side for that role. Maybe Sam Roberts, but he's also on the smaller side for that role, and that's it, so... I think adding another nose tackle would make sense. Yep. I could see that. Hopefully and bet- that could also be it for the like just adding period. It could be somebody you add to the practice squad and call up later.
1: Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if McCall maybe gets healthy and finds his way back, but reappears. Um
0: all right. Uh here's a good question. Um oh, I was just gonna oh. say
1: Mike asked the Cardinals oh, this tackle. one.
0: Yeah, the Cardinal tackle got traded already. Yep. He Which went for uh was- fifth. I think it was so. like
1: him and a seventh for a fifth. I so would have done that. Nick Casario got in there. I would
0: have done that rather than trade Pierce. Yep. Um, I was going to bring up this one. Uh, nope, not that one. Uh, we already talked about that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, if they want to trade Thornton, what's his value? Too low, too low, way too low. Don't trade him. Don't like, and I, I'm i not saying his, his value is necessarily going to get better, but you, you drafted him the second round a year ago, you're going to get back maybe a seventh probably going to be a pick swap seventh, six and seventh. So I, I don't think it's worth trading him at this point. You don't even necessarily need to give him a true rough spot right away. You put him on IR. He has no guaranteed money on his contract next year. So it's not like you need to get out from under his deal. You can cut yeah. him next year without any consequence. I, if, if they trade him, that's a real panic move. Yeah. Unless somebody wants to get like very stupid. I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to get stupid. If somebody, I, I, I do like a fourth that's where fifth or lower at that point, I'm keeping him and like, let's see if they can, if he can figure it out from here, but I don't think you're getting that.
1: <clears throat> yeah. There's no reason to trade him and they might still be hoping he comes back at some point whenever he's healthy and contribute this year. Cause they still could use that, you know, speed element. I know, you know, Douglas and booty looks a little more explosive and Parker looks a little more, you know, explosive, but they could still try to use that. But yeah, we'll we'll see because it was a really disappointing disappointing summer from Taekwon. But yeah, his value so low. There there's no money. Just save him and see what happens, and then reevaluate after the year. But yeah, I wouldn't get
0: rid of him yet. Yeah.
1: Um, any others to see, or should we just wrap it up here?
0: Um, I am kind of stalling because you know, like right after we get off the air, they're gonna <laughs> make <a> major move, <laughs> gonna so. Cut to the So. Uh, I think maybe let's just uh, let's let's no. sign off so they can make the move.
1: Ten, ten cuts around, ten cuts and a trade on Sunday. That, that's,
0: that's a good start. That's that's a good, eleven good. cuts.
1: Eleven. Yeah. All right. So pretty good start there, but rest of it that will have to be done by Tuesday. They will be. They're off tomorrow. They're practicing Tuesday, Wednesday. So. Me and Alex will be back at some point next week to break uh, that down. We'll, we'll, oh,
0: I guess, yeah, next week. We'll probably be back Thursday morning. Or this week, next week. I, I keep thinking it's Monday. Yeah. Hang on. I know I know what we can do before we wrap it up. Uh, Mookie Betts was back this weekend at Fenway. Yeah. Red Sox got smacked around by the Dodgers. Good. Good. <laughs> that's, that's what a big market baseball team should look like, Red Sox fans. Don't let ownership tell you otherwise. Don't let ownership tell you this is the way to do it and we need to work around the luxury tax and this and that. And high and bloom and the Tampa plan. You saw what a big market baseball team is supposed to look like. That should be the standard. Anything less than that is a disappointment and a failure. And if that makes this 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 uh, GM regime a failure and a disappointment, so be it.
1: Yep. It's tough to see, Mookie. It was. It was a
0: I, I was super glad to see him. And I'm uh, glad he had a great weekend. And I'm oh, glad yeah, he was- did. I was happy I hope,
1: to see him, but it was, like, tough.
0: I hope after he hit that home run, he pointed right up at high and Bloom.
1: <laughs> Henry. Baldwin, them, whoever. Um, I was just going to ask something about Mookie, but I forget what it was.
0: We can do it next time. Uh, I just wanted to get that yeah. in real quick.
1: One last thing. UMass? Did you see UMass?
0: I, I, so I was at Bruce Springsteen last okay. night. I didn't see it, but I heard they were impressive against one of the worst teams in college football. We'll see what happens. <laughs>
1: in the playoffs right now a lot according to a lot of people college football yeah. playoffs but um yeah so we'll be back next uh this week next week you'll you'll see uh subscribe. we'll be back
0: we'll be back thursday morning um we might do a show before then but we'll be back uh thursday morning to react to roster cuts in the practice yep. squad and all that
1: so uh make sure you are subscribed to the youtube channel have your patriots press pass notifications on so you do know when we go live until then, you can go follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his roster cut down and of the training camp work over at 985 esportshubcom You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines. And go read all my coverage over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all for tuning in, as always, and we will see you guys soon.